Every year on the Sunday before Ash Wednesday, we hear a version of this story, which is known as the Transfiguration. That word, transfigure, means to make more beautiful or to change in a way that glorifies. As Jesus speaks with Moses and Elijah on top of a mountain, a cloud descends and God says to Jesus words similar to what God said when Jesus was baptized. This is my son, the beloved, listen to him. Luke's version of the story adds a detail that helps encapsulate the scene. Peter, James, and John saw Jesus in all of his glory. My favorite definition of the word glory comes from St. Irenaeus, who said that the glory of God is the human being fully alive. There's nothing more beautiful in this life than experiencing what it means to be fully present, awake, alive. When we are fully alive, we're living as our true selves, the versions of ourselves that God has created us to be. In recent weeks, I've been putting forward the idea that there are many things that Jesus does that we cannot do, like cast out demons. But there are also many things that Jesus does that we can emulate, like treat people with integrity and spend time with God. This morning's gospel offers us another example of something Jesus does that we can also do. Tap into what it means to be fully alive. Although this mystical story might not seem relatable to our day-to-day lives from the first glance, it overflows with thought-provoking symbolism that pertains to us learning to live as our true selves. After Jesus is transfigured, Moses and Elijah appear, two highly significant figures in the Jewish tradition. Moses symbolizes the law, the Ten Commandments, tradition. Elijah is the embodiment of the prophets, people who call for justice, reform, change. At many times in the stories of our tradition, the law and the prophets come into tension with one another. There's always an opportunity for conflict when this is the way we've always done it rubs up against, but this is what could be possible. Jesus stands between these ideologies, conversing with God's teachings and God's prophetic traditions. He bridges the prophets and the law, tradition and change, the old and the new, the treasured ways of looking at things and the perspective of what might be possible in the future. And then when Elijah and Moses vanish, Jesus is still there. The three become one. Both ends of the spectrum have something to offer. Great wisdom is found where the gifts of both sides can be integrated. As our world becomes more polarized and as people dig further into their camps and silos, there's an opportunity for real-life application of this message. There is wisdom found in the middle. Standing alongside Moses and Elijah is also meant to illustrate Jesus being in relationship with those 
who came before him. Every single one of us inherit our experience of life from those that came before us, our families, our work, our communities, this church. And that way, there's nothing that we as individuals build entirely on our own, but upon the backs of our forebearers. We're part of a tapestry that's greater than any of us alone. We take our place in line. Jesus understands that he's part of something that's larger than himself. There's some food for thought in that message as well. A cloud then overshadows them. An image that's meant to remind us of Moses' experience when he went up to Mount Sinai. When you're standing in the middle of the cloud, you cannot see clearly around you. Clouds represent mystery, not knowing, discernment. A cloud can also signify that something holy is going on. My journey has included too many clouds to count. They're constantly going and coming. I'm willing to bet that yours has included a few too. There's a significant faith element involved in sticking with a journey in which you cannot see the way forward with clarity. But that doesn't mean that you're not on a holy journey. I've always loved the quote by E.L. Doctorow, that when you're driving at night, you can only see as far as your headlights, but that you can make an entire trip that way. Spiritual maturity involves coming into contact with some clouds. We get it, and then we don't get it. We believe, and then we struggle to believe. Moments of bright clarity are followed by a cloud. Faith involves balancing knowing with not knowing and ultimately trusting, even when we do not know. I think that we as humans struggle with not knowing in a really broad sense. Here in Capitol Hill, where so many of us are really smart and accomplished and have moved here for jobs that are dependent upon our intellect, I think that we can struggle with what it means to not know something in a particular way. The spiritual danger of us being too reliant on our own thinking and our own ability to know everything is that when we become enamored with our own brain power, we risk getting out of touch with our inner space. As we stop tending our relationship with our soul, we tune into it less and less. Too much reliance on our heads leaves less space available for our hearts. Too much time away from our hearts leads to us not seeing other people or treating them with dignity and integrity. There's an element of spiritual growth that has to do with us being vulnerable and not always knowing the answer. So all of this occurs at the very top of a mountain. While Jesus and his friends are there, they experience this transcendent, life-changing moment. They literally have a mountaintop experience. But then, and this is important, they don't stay there. Jesus won't let them. They go back down the mountain. 
because real life is not lived entirely at the top. In my own life, knowing what it feels like at the top of a mountain has given me the courage to live all the life and do all the work that can be found back at the bottom. Knowing what's good can help us endure what can be hard. This detail isn't included in this morning's selection, but when Jesus and his friends get back to the bottom, the first thing that he does is heal a young boy. That's the passage that follows this story. Part of being our true selves is that we serve others, helping them find healing, helping them let go of whatever's holding them back and experience what it means to find their true self. Mountaintops are not ends in and of themselves. They're meant to fortify us and give us some fuel and then move us on down the road so that we can be of service to God through serving other people. For so very long, I didn't really know what to make of this transfiguration story. So I kind of looked right past it. And yet as I grow older, this story helps me reflect upon some important life truths. As we stand on the eve of another Lent, I hope that this story will give you some food for thought too. How can we take an honest look at our lives and how we move through this world and treat other people so that we begin letting go of all of the false stuff, all of our baggage, and begin living as the truest versions of ourselves, shining brightly and knowing what it means to be fully alive. In the name of God, amen.